Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, this is Chesney Hawks here. You are watching My Hammers 11 with the one and only Russ. Take two. Hi, everybody. It's Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. YouTube channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you may have time I put your content on. As always, as always I'd like to thank a lovely channel sponsor, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. So, you see, we've got it's it's another X Hammer. As I said, we said just before we started with Scott, I think it's about our 70th X Hammer across. We've almost been alive as a channel for a year, so it's mental. And I really, really appreciate Scott's. I'm really excited because Scott was part of that era which was which i loved the most as a west ham fan and um 62 first elite team appearances would have been a lot more if it weren't for injury definitely um but part of that fantastic period which we'll talk about how are we scott how are we today i'm good mate the sun is shining um it's amazing isn't it how uh, that big bright yellow thing in the sky when it's out and uh, there's a lot of blue around it. Everyone seems a lot happier. It shouldn't quite be the case, but it is. So, yeah, no, no all good. It's, it's true. It's true, man. As I said, the, the, when we did that, when the, the first lockdown happened, it was a lot easier when it was 30 degrees and you're sitting in the garden and amazing. the paddling pool. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting on my sort of iPad or whatever, like a year ago today, and I'm, I'm sat in the back garden drinking the Corona. Um, and it was like, wow, that was beginning of April. That, that's amazing. It's mad, yeah, isn't it? It's roasting. It's mad. It? Yeah. And it's 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 strange as well because obviously I think about things that happened like in, obviously we talk about you know with West Ham stuff but you know thinking was that last year did we did West Ham have we we started the season with Pellegrini that seemed like so long ago it's just it's such a bizarre concept and uh, obviously that you know it's a bit more brighter now the the, the dark cloud of the ESL has has, has flown by so that was a, that was a fun forty eight hours wasn't it amazing I mean do you want to go there or. We can go there if you want, Scott. I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone's going there. You might as well. I mean, it's um, it's been, from, from a fan's perspective, obviously, we've had lots of fans. We've done a lot of, you know, Q&As and stuff and these type of things with different fans. And everyone was like, I didn't, I, I only heard one of my friends who were pro it. And so it was like. Yeah. Do you know what? I, 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 I didn't hear one. So I didn't hear yeah. one. And, um, and yet there was some poll that came out that said that, what was it? Something like, you know, 86% were against it. Yeah. So 14% were for it. Well, I didn't know anyone who actually said they were for it. And I do, I do, and we don't want to get into politics, but I do worry about these polls where, you know, who do they ask? What questions do they actually ask? And, yeah. um, you know, fans of what clubs, etc. So I think yeah. we can all say unanimous, unanimously that, you know, this was very bad for English football. Um, mm. I think now this is a, a massive moment in English football because yep. the, the can is just kicked down the road. I'm sorry. Um, mm -hmm. All these apologies, extremely hollow. Uh, they're coming again. And if we don't get, re you know, a, an independent regulator to actually probably tie both hands behind these owners' backs, mm -hmm. that they don't have the ability to do that. You know, hear about Florentina Perez saying, look, it's not over. It's just perhaps the idea wasn't right. The Americans mm -hmm. realising we don't do relegation over here. 
proud of the English people as well to yeah. get involved. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it was the English clubs that backed out first. Mm. But they're coming and they're coming again. Oh, and we yeah. need to make sure this 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 doesn't happen again. Um, mm. And I also think maybe there's a reset um, almost the other way as well in terms of the, the, the big divide between the Premier League and, and the EFL. Um, let's try and make that a little bit smaller because, you know, yeah. it's not just about the Premier League as much as um, some people think it is. It's about, you know, the other 72 clubs as well and, and, and grassroots football. So, massive moment in English football. We've got away with mm. it. Um, and, I, and fair play, not just to the fans, but also the Premier League, but especially the government. I think these people wouldn't have listened to the fans, no, um, no. despite all the outcry. You know, once they get threatened by the government and by being kicked out of the Premier League, then they had to listen. But, you know, hopefully yeah. we'll sort it out. You're true. I mean, in the poll, I can think of six people who who said agreed with it. That's why. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, six. Oh, but, oh, that's amazing. I know, I know six. I know six. Um, uh, the the, the uh, Henry. Yeah. Henry. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I did this. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. A little bit. Mean. Yeah. I've been doing the washing up, Russ. So um, I've not not oh. quite got to. Fair enough. Into, yeah, he's early morning. Yeah. He's early morning. I'll give you that. And also, but I think you know, with that whole thing, you know, it's it's yeah, it's great. You know, it's brilliant that the fan. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm convinced that you know it wasn't it was never going to happen. I, I saw this as a, as this sort of clever power play for the the big six to get more you know more sort of bang in the Champions League for their buck, and and they've sort of got that you know in, eventually you know in the potentially with the the new Champions League format and stuff there's gonna be more money in the Champions League it's a bit like the Super League it is gonna be like with the elite clubs in there potentially so that we'll see yeah but that, that, was, that was coming anyway that was coming yeah, anyway was, with the Champions yeah. League so they didn't need these want 100% power yeah, yeah. and, they, yeah. and they and they you know they won't rest until they get it or they're not allowed it in yeah, a legal no basis good point. yep right okay done um, let's talk about let's talk about fun stuff. Let's talk about nostalgia, which is what we do on this channel. Indeed. So, and so, by the so, way, so. If, Spurs, if Spurs are in it, why can't West Ham be in it? Oh, top six. But anyway, let's not go there. Let's move don't on. Don't even go there. Don't even go there, Scott. That's that's the ironic thing, isn't it? And it was funny because obviously the, the Spurs lot had a um, Spurs fans had a protest, didn't they? And there was about 30 people outside, whereas like, you know, <laughs> Chelsea had them all lined up again, the Fulham Road and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, poor old Tottenham. Poor old Tottenham. Um, yes. Less said about them, the better. Right. Okay. So, Scott, 1999, January, you signed for the club from Benfica, million quid. How did it happen? How did it happen? Well, it actually could have happened um, a year before. So I left Chelsea. My last game for Chelsea was uh, the 97 Cup final where, where Robbie Di Matteo scored after 40 yeah. seconds. And, um, that was my last game. Um, ended up, we went on tour to Hong Kong, Brunei and Singapore. Out there, I heard Benfica wanted me. I'm thinking, well, you know, Benfica, you know, it's um, one of the biggest clubs in Europe. I've got to go. So I went and literally walking into the dressing room, didn't know anyone, didn't know the language. Um, someone had already make it, made fun of me when I tried to say bon dia, which is good morning. I said bon dia because it's spelled differently. But I just thought, go for it. And you know what? Actually, that was the most fun pre-season I had and my best pre-season, I think, off the back of, of doing well at Chelsea. And then Harry calls me and uh, he said, look, Scott, you know, Dixie's sort of struggling. Um, you know, with his knee, and there's lots of injuries and, you know, uh, we, I, I'd, I'd, I've always liked you. I'd like you to, to come along. I, mean, I said, like, Harry, why didn't you get in touch with me at the end of last season? Oh, well, you know, I thought Chelsea, because I love contract, but I think in then you could go abroad for nothing. But in England, yeah. you might have had to pay a fee. So, uh, you know, yeah, Chelsea would have wanted, you know, money for you, etc. I said, well, Harry, and I, we... we <laughs> For Benfica, um, it went so well in that preseason. We went yeah. to Holland, we went to Brazil, um, we wow. we we went out, we had fun, uh, but it was, and it was a really good lads. And I think I was a novelty to them. Yeah. So um, and and I was trying to learn the language, but they were just speaking to me in English. That made it even harder for me. But it was really good fun. And I just said, Harry, look, you know, I didn't know how this was going to come about, and actually, I'm loving it, and I'm in the first yeah. team, and I'm playing well. I said, but, you know, I've always liked you. I've always liked the style of football. I've always liked West Ham as a team. Um, you know, please, if, if I do look to come back, I'd certainly, West Ham would be one of the clubs I'd be more than interested in. Yeah. So then go go forward um, a year and a bit. And um, I was living in, in Portugal 
again, on the Atlantic Ocean, a place called Cascais, was absolutely beautiful. But I'd split up with my then ex-girlfriend and I was kind of living on my own. And do you know what? As much as the lifestyle was amazing, it was a bit train, come home. Yeah. I'm no that. chef. So I'd be microwave lasagna or something like yeah. that. Not enough vegetables. And it was just, it, you know, it, I was doing it on my own. So I wouldn't have gone anywhere unless it was London. But when Harry called me or when my agent actually called me in the January, um, we'd just been knocked out of the Champions League. So we just played Champions League football. If it was um, the format now, we would have got through to the round of 16. But because we finished second in the group, it was straight to the quarters. And we finished second, so we were knocked out. Um, and Harry said, look, Dixie's really struggling. We need to bring someone in. Um, you know, we'll offer, offer you a four-year contract. And um, I just thought, yeah, great. You know, West Ham, great club. Come back to London. Um, can still live around my family, which is kind of southeast. Mm. And... Uh, I didn't realise at the time that West Ham had started that season really well, but were kind of slipping yeah. down the table. And I think the day I signed, I say we, we I wasn't technically we then, but uh, West Ham had lost to Swansea, who were in the fourth tier in the FA Cup. Now, if my yeah. facts are wrong, I apologise. So things weren't going well. So my first game yeah. was uh, Sheffield Wednesday at home. Yeah. And we lost 4-0. We got battered. Yeah. My second game was Wimbledon away and it was nil-nil. And my third game was Arsenal at home and we got batted 4-0. I mean, uh, you can tell me the, the players they had. But that that particular week, I remember having such a good training week and scoring yeah. goals and doing so well. I went into that game so confident. And yet, from the end of it, I got absolutely battered. Um, yeah. You know, there were some crosses going in behind. Listen, I, I wasn't any worse than anyone else, but... Um, you know, I was kind of the new guy coming in, made a few yeah. mistakes. We lost yeah. four nil, and uh, I remember thinking, "Wow, I've come from Benfica <laughs> to getting battered at, at West Ham." But um, you know, then and Harry, to be fair to him, he he took me out the next game. I actually went up to him and I said, "Look, you know, Harry, I appreciate, you know, I just want you to know from my point of view, even though it hasn't started too well, yeah. I'm here, I'm there, I want to play. Please put me in the team." I said, look, I just, you know, rest you for, for a game. And I, I, I think I came on. I think it might have been Forrest yeah, came, came on as a sub. Yeah. Um, and he was very clever because a couple of games later, he started against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. And we won 1-0. I played really well. It's a fantastic win. I think Kits might have got the winner. Um, and then on, everything just went really well. I, I, I do think first impressions last. And I do think that some West Ham fans couldn't get it out of their head you know, about how the poor start had gone for me. You know, I was coming yeah. into a team that wasn't doing particularly well. I also yeah, think yeah. a lot of fans who who were 100% behind me and, um, you know, everyone talks about the chicken run and all I can say is positive things about the chicken run because they, yeah. they were great. It was the other yeah. side that was batting me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Obviously, fullbacks always always have this sort of really good association with the chicken run because obviously you're there. You're like mm. for half the game, you're literally running up and down past them. So, yeah, um, yeah you're right. I mean, it wasn't you know, a great a great start, but um, but I mean, as I said, you know, the end of the culmination of that season was well until date until this season, hopefully the the best Premier League finish we've ever had. And second best league after the 85-86 season. Yeah. So, you know, and then and then from then on, you know, you had a, a really short preseason because then you had to start the Intertoto Cup um, yeah. and all that stuff. So, you know, it was a real and, – and, you know, obviously the season before, I think we'd finished ninth and fifth. And I think in the seasons you were there, I think fifth, ninth, seventh, and obviously we were relegated at the end. But, you know, it was a prolonged amount of time at West Ham. We are in the top – top nine really and i think hopefully hopefully times will um are coming back mm. that way if hopefully starting the season but as you said harry that was as such an exciting time and you, you mentioned having fun in the training sessions and stuff like that and the characters he brought in i mean we've mentioned about trev and stuff before we started and razor but it was just such a it was i think for me that was one of the reasons why i love that period so much you know um i i've doing a lot of these and talking to a lot of guys like yourselves all the stories and that I've, that I've Trev and, and Razor and Shaka and all these players, Monkey. it just and Monks. You've had John on. You've had oh yeah, yeah. John on. Yeah, bless him. Ledge, oh, yeah. Absolute legend. Oh yeah, he must. He must have been cracking up at training every day. Do, do you know what? Yes. Um, 
and and you know, I watched as I say, I didn't get as far as the actual team, but I watched you and Trev, and and it was talking about Monkey and how he he used to sort of sometimes get undressed, should we say, and and run around the training pitch or <laughs> even on night out. So we would we would go on nights out, and he wouldn't come out, and I'd be like, Monkey, you know, you're like the joker in the pack. You yeah, know? yeah. Why are you coming out? He said, Scotty. He said, Look, I can't go out because if I have a few drinks, I just go crazy. And I think there were stories of him, you know, we used to, a TGI used to be a great place to sort of start and, and eat and drink. And, you know, apparently he'd, he'd, after a couple of hours, be diving across the bar, um, you know, beers and drinks going everywhere, people sitting there and they were giving it one of those. And he'd come out of the wee bin down the dark alley and just jump at people and, uh, you know, <laughs> all harmless. But, but yeah. you know, he said, look, I can't do that. So I said, okay, fine. But... Yeah, you know, you look at Razor as well, and Razor, absolute legends of the guy. I mean, what yeah. a what a top guy! But I think there was one time in pre-season, or we came back for pre-season, and Harry said, "Look, you know, I want you all by this date. If you get this weight in, in, individually, uh, you get an extra week off. If you don't, you start pre-season that day." So Razor came in; it was like two stone overweight, and, and mm. he said, um, "Harry said, right, you're doing." He said, "No, I'm not. I'm going to Bayer tomorrow." <laughs> and he, so he went to Barbea the next day. He came back three stone heavier, you know, but I mean, he had a wonderful effort. He was yeah. a fantastic guy, a great character. Um, you know what? There were good guys there. You know, there yeah. were big characters, but they were good guys as well. So it was, it, you know, you had Wrighty. Um, you know, I mean, who else was there coming in? Rio was, was yeah, I mean, he I was mean, a Rolls yeah. Royce at the time. And, and you know, he he, he kind of, you know, he was confident enough to be uh, almost acting like a senior pro. Um, mm. uh, you know, there were just so many characters at a time yeah. that uh, it was amazing, amazing. Time. And and I think also you, you you're right. You had this sort of carry, and, and and obviously coinciding with the first team success, then we had the youth team success as well. They won the FA Youth Cup and the Premier League double. Um, people like Joe, Frank, Rio, Carrick. You know, all these. So you had these sort of like elder statesmen so to speak and then you had these sort of youngsters and it was just a really really cool bunch of lads and as you said they helped each other you know we've had lots of the we've had lots of that youth team on um like richie garcia who's at perth glory mm. he's, he's coaching them the, the other day and and adam newton and all these little all these guys and and they spoke about like sitting in the dressing room with you guys first teamers and just how much development you know they got just by listening to your your stories and John's stories and Rio's story and Razor's stories and it was a it was a really for me that was that was the last time I thought West that football was relatable to to the normal fan you know I think now it's it's more aspirational than relatable you know they're the, the, the amount of foot money in the game is ridiculous as you said you know you go into TGIs for for a few drinks beforehand that wouldn't happen now would it no. they'd be in some no. swanky you know and fair play to them because they got the money. Um, yeah, but it's not. It's also not just about that, Russ. Now it, it, it's about actually, you know, people would be there in the corner, taking yeah, pictures, taking videos, trying to yeah. get any type of negative publicity, because yeah. unfortunately, that's the world we live in at the moment. Bad news sells mm. better than good news. Instead of, I think the lads probably love to go to a TGI's and have fun. But you're right about relatable, and I think it's the last sort of bit of the old school, you know, in terms yeah. of ultra professionalism certainly living off the field maybe you know it wasn't the, they weren't the best examples but i think once you got onto the training pitch um you know it was a hundred percent and i think yeah. the lads were like that and people like joey and mickey carrick um you know very different characters rio and and frank as well you know mm. would have learned a lot off off of how to to look up not look after yourself sort of off the pitch but how to to train um yeah. and how to do it 100 percent um, unfortunately, yeah, the game's gone a certain way. You can't blame the players for it. You can't no. blame them being hidden away either because, as I say, there's so much negativity that people are looking out for. Mm. But it was a great time back then, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said, we've had Trevor, you know, you've seen Trev's interview and various others, and he said, you know, and I said it to, to Razor as well, I was like, you know, that sort of season you finished fifth, you know, you know, and... And Trevor went, you know, if we didn't go out so often, didn't get out once a week, we might have won the league. We might have got into the, you know, and it's like, but then Razor says, well, the fact is, because Harry let us have our Tuesday club or whatever it was, 
I wouldn't go for a drink on a Friday, Saturday, because I know I was going to go out for a drink on a Tuesday. So it was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, also, I also think interesting. Trev's gone down the professional route now, hasn't it? Yeah, so exactly, what yeah. saying and all that. But I, I actually yeah. do think um, by having that kind of team spirit, I think that you can add another five, six, ten points yeah. on that on the pitch yeah. anyway. So. You know, I, I think it's a real shame that players aren't able to do that now. I understand why they mm. don't. Um, I mean, I've got Harry to blame, I suppose, ultimately, but Steve Lomas to blame for... I'm, I'm coming up 20 years married this year. And yeah. um, Lomi, so that that season we finished fifth. We beat Middlesbrough 4-0, I think, in the in the final game. Yeah. So we come in and we're all, you know, really uh, amazing and biggest achievement, you know, second best ever in West Ham's history, etc. Yeah. We just beaten Middlesbrough 4-0 as well and Harry said, "Oh, the club's arranged a a pre uh, not prison game, uh, like a, a, a charity game." Uh, um I don't even think it was charity, but I think, you know, on a Tuesday. This is on a Sunday. And Steve Lomas had booked his stag do the following day. <laughs> so we were literally flights at like eight o'clock in the morning Gatwick the following day. <laughs> So we're spending half an hour arguing about instead of really being thinking, oh, this is brilliant, isn't it? Finishing fifth, just one four nil about who can go to Marbella <laughs> and who has to play in this particular game. I can't even remember it was the game, Ebb's fleet or something. Um, so in the end, it was decided that the senior pros are able to go. Frank and Rio and a, and a few of the others um, played the game, which certainly ticked the boxes with their names. Yeah. And out there, I, I met my now missus. So um, I always blame Lomi whenever I see him, you know. Um, Brilliant. It's his fault. Yeah. Well, well, Razor blames him for getting him nicked after Christmas party. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> without, without mentioning any names, but that's that was that was the, that's what he alluded <laughs> yeah. to. Nothing yeah. to do with Razor, clearly. Nothing, nothing to do with Razor, no, no. But all on Lomas and the fact that he got a, a two-mile exclusion zone from Romford Town Centre, which means he couldn't go to Chadwell Heath. So Harry had to go into the, the court and get it changed a little bit so he could get trained up. Yeah, it's stuff like that. I find it brilliant. Well, you know, as I said, you know, it just in terms of relatability, you know, the fact where, you know, I used to live in Loughton and um, and every Friday, Shackle, would, if he didn't have an away game, he'd be in there doing his shop at Sainsbury's and I'd, I'd change my shifts. So he would see, you know, so I could see Shaka and, you know, it's just, you know, or kits. I once saw kits in Woolworths in Loughton with the biggest box of pick and mix I've ever seen in my life. And Did one he have day his top we... off? No, he didn't have his top off. He no. loves taking his top off more in a nightclub, but he loves taking his top off. He really does. He's strong, <laughs> strong guy. Kits, but he loves, yeah. oh, you got, you got to ask him about that. Every time he goes to a nightclub, he ends up topless. I've got my spies trying to get it, trying to get him on, so he'll be on soon. He'll be on. I'll soon. have a word. I'll text him. Yeah, good, good old, good old, good Scott. Yeah, it's like we're hitting from different. There's certain players who we're hitting him from different angles. There's a few others who are trying to get him on. Anyway, it's all good fun. Um, right, let's let's do Hammers Eleven because I'm conscious of your time. I don't want to take up as much as uh, too much time. So obviously, everyone we get on the ch channel, apart from Harry, actually, Harry backed out putting an eleven together because he started talking about Bobby Ferguson in the '60s and he had a business meet. And yeah, you know Harry, he's just always got a right. hundred things on it. And a few others, Nigeria Coco, I don't think gave an 11. I think Ian Bishop didn't give one, but everyone else has given one. And the idea is you put together an 11, the players you played with at your time at West Ham. Um, so obviously, you know, four or five years really at West or four years really at West Ham. Um, and so we try and keep it to a 442. You can put yourself in as well, Scott, keep those appearances up. More than happy with that. I'm not bothered. Yeah, that I could do with all. a few more appearances. <laughs> Well, that's the trouble. As I said, I think easily, you know, the way you establish yourself from an early age into the uh, in the career in the time at West Ham into the into the first team, without the injuries, you'd have been over a hundred appearances easily at West Ham. Easily. easily. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. I, I, you know, I had that knee operation. Um, yeah. I was out for a season, which which is a real shame. Um, by then, um, and I do feel that um, after that initial bad start, I actually played some of the best football of my career. Um, yeah. And I think if you if you analyse the games, then then people will agree with that. But um, yeah, yeah. Then Glenn took over. Um, Nigel was doing so well, um, yeah. which is why I'm going to put Nigel in instead of me. All right, uh, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but you're right. But yeah, and, uh, yeah. Technically, you play another three managers as well, really, because obviously, you know, late late the late Rhoda was in, and obviously then Brooking towards the end, and then obviously got released and went to Rotherham. Yes, I was kind of out of the squad by then. I've yeah. just been biffed, simple as that, which is a shame because, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I felt like I, I didn't really play a part in that final season. Um, yeah. and, it, and it was a real shame. But, you know, Glenn, what I would say is 
one fantastic guy but two yeah. he always respected me as a person and and i think yeah. the, the the career i'd had beforehand as well so even though i had you know sort of would go in sometimes and say look you know why aren't i playing um you know when i did play i did well mm. and you know I, I totally understand where nigel was coming from he was older than me and he felt he needed to play and i think i think Glenn just felt that he just went with knives, but he was treating me with respect. But that last season, I hardly played a game. So I, I feel no. like I, you know, disappointed. I, I I didn't get involved in that really in that final mm. season. Yeah. And obviously, you know, and I think it's just one of those things. And it's a very West Ham thing. As you said, the previous four seasons, we'd finished in the top nine. Uh, and then, and then just that season, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just one of those weird things because we finished seventh the previous season, which was our second highest ever. You know, just just West Ham, just West Ham. We've, I mean, we've had Jane, we had Jane Mo on, we've had various others from that period as well, who just said, "Don't know, <laughs> don't know, what, don't know, literally don't know what happened that season. We just didn't get a win for the first like twenty or so." Right, okay, starting goal. Who's in goal then, Scott? For the uh, okay, let me get my level. sheet. Oh, he's got a sheet. So- well, Ever the professional. I, I started making a few notes the other day, and then kids jump in, and and you realise that actually, no, I've got no chance of doing this. But um, <laughs> but they're at school, so it's okay. Exactly. Daka um, obviously was a was a, a top guy. I mean, one of the most yeah. laid back people yeah. I've ever met in my life. Yeah. You know, you're thinking he's a goalkeeper. Well, you've got to be a bit crazy really to be goalkeeper, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so he'd be right up there. But I think I'd have to give it to David James. You know, he yeah. was, um, you know, England's number one, uh, played in the World Cup. And, um, I, you know, he was a Marnie model back in the day, wasn't he? Um, and, and he just look at him, he was like six foot four, not an ounce of fat on him. So jealous. Um, yeah. But, you know, w- one thing I would say as well is that he, you know, he, he, he would make his mistakes. Yeah. But you knew what he was going to do as a goalkeeper, as a defender. You he you knew he would come out and therefore, okay, great. That's what you want, a positive goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his mindset very, very strong as well. So, uh, you know, you can see he, he had the package, you know, natural yeah. talents. Great striker with the ball. You know, wonderful striker with the ball. Uh, so, yeah, I'd put him in. As, yeah, as and I, I mean, he's and he. But what I like about him, he's when we've had Jamo uh, on, he's he was very honest. He went, yeah, sometimes I. I buggered up. Sometimes I flat through a ball. He said, but it wasn't intentional. And he's like, you know, and he was he was so honest and open about everything. It was great. And then yeah. he did his eleven, and he and he went up front. He'd put Defoe and um, and Canuta, I think, up front. And then the next day he was recording something for the club, and I know some of the people he was working with, and they were talking about this interview. And he was and he was like this. I can't believe I didn't put Paolo Di Canio in. I completely forgot about Paolo Di Canio, and he was getting every bridge. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a little precursor in case you don't but he was like i can't oh, believe he's, I in. Got he's in we'll get oh, okay. to him don't worry yeah. <laughs> right okay so left back we're gonna put nigin yeah yeah i mean technically i played dixie and i think you'd have to yeah. say dixie was you know if you put an all-time west ham 11 of course you, yeah you, you, he would be he would be there i mean what a play and absolutely everything mm. and he epitomized everything that west ham you know it, it is about um and it was a bit like following Alex Ferguson, to be honest with you, following him. But, you know, Nige, Nige was incredible. So I went, when I was at Charlton, uh, Arsenal came in for me. And, you know, I, I realised I had to leave Charlton to play in the Premier League and met with George Graham. And he said, look, you're going to have to wait 18 months, probably, because that's what Nigel did with Kenny. Um, yeah. So... Uh, that's you know, and I saw Colin Pates who had gone from Charlton to Arsenal and be sort of nowhere, and I uh, and I just thought I can't be stuck in the reserves. So uh, I, I went to went to Chelsea. Certainly don't regret my decision. Um, so to think that Nigel was established back then, and then he came to West Ham, and he must have been thirty seven, thirty eight. Something like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet he was just you know he wouldn't be at the front in any way, of course, in terms of running. But in terms of tackling, you know, you go on these runs off the ball where you think, Nigel, what are you doing? Save your energy. Like yeah. three players playing it around him. And yet he'd come and win the ball every time. He, he was an absolutely superb defender. He really was. So, um, look, I'm sure in that time he played more games than me. So I'm going to I'm going to put him as the left back. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. OK, put Nigel left back. Let's go right back then. Who's going to be right okay. back then? So this 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 was a tough one, and I actually yeah. watched your the the only full show I watched, Russ, was was yours. And I get you with Schemmel. 
I, I yeah. you know, Seb was amazing. You know, there's Potsy there as well, who was sort of, you know, towards the end of his career, who was a fantastic servant for West Ham. What a fantastic guy as well. And great to see him. I saw him a few months ago. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I know you said in your thing about 442, which I'm, I, I've tried to do a 442 here, even though that's not my one preferred formation. And two, I'd probably do a different formation for this, but I've tried to do it 442. Yeah. Good man. Um, and please tell me as I go if I've missed out on anyone because my memory's not always the best. But I think I'd probably put Seb in. Um, yeah. You know, because he had this. <laughs> He had he had this barrel chest. I mean, if he took his top off, he'd be no Armani yeah. model. Let me tell you, we're talking about JMO being one. He wouldn't be. But it must have just been to fill up his lungs. You know, his lungs, yeah. his lung capacity, because he used to run up and down, up and down. And Trevor was another one when we used to play wing back. Um, you know, I, I always used to sort of joke with him, and I still do now that I hated him because um, Trevor was one of my best mates. And so um because he could just do it for 19 minutes and then he yeah. could probably do another 19 minutes whereas by the time yeah. i went up you attack their their full back defended against their winger i'm like breathing out the backside for 10 minutes i'm going to play yeah. two touch rather than show what i can do um but we'll keep it 4-4-2 seb was incredible uh you know really mm. underrated player and i yeah. but anyone who watched him and i i get why you put him in your side because he he was he, he, he and his mentality he was a bit of a nutter um mm. In a, in a in a way a bit like Thomas Repka was, and just a little story yeah. on Thomas. So he used to he used to come in, and you know he'd either be up there or down there in terms yeah. of yeah. his performances at that particular time. So and I was like languages. I've got a Colombian wife now. I went to Portugal. Um, I like French at school. Hated German, but still did it. So it, but even just like hello, how are you? That type of thing. I try to learn. So I'd say to Thomas, um, you know, how do you say in Czech? How are you? He'd say oh, Yaksimash. Uh, so I like, every morning I say Thomas Yaksimash, and he'd either say Dobre, which is good, or yeah. Nohovna. And I said, well, "What's Nohovna?" He said, "Shit." Yeah. So let me tell you, six <laughs> times out of the seven we were in in the week, <laughs> Yaksimash, Nohovna. You know, and he was absolutely brilliant. And he, he was someone who could play that that right back position as well. Yeah, yeah, he um, could. Yeah. But I, I probably would put Seb in there because, um, yeah, as I say. Uh, get up and down uh, admire anyone it, i think from a physical point of view more now than ever mm. um it used to be when i first started playing back in the 80s can he play and then can he run now it's yeah. if you can't run you haven't even almost got a chance can't of play. whether you can play or not but seb yeah. do both he was a really really good player yeah and I, and I love the story of him now that he's he lives in luxembourg um and he, he owns a restaurant called upton park does he yeah, we're trying to get him on. Brilliant. It'd be funny, but yeah, that's what I love, and it's just all those stories. Yeah, hopefully we get. Well, hopefully we're going to get Thomas on soon as well, as well, which, okay. be, which will be hilarious. Which will be absolutely hilarious. He he scares. Yeah. He does scare me. I mean, you no, know, I know when we go on Insta and you see DM message, we get DMs with Thomas's ones. I always get really nervous, and he's like in the Czech Republic, you know. But he's yeah. still like he's just got this he's a million miles away, Russ. He won't get. I know. Here, but he's still got those eyes, isn't he? He's still got those, those eyes. eyes. That's like Monks's eyes. Monks, is, you know, although he's, he's, you know, he's, he's calmed down a lot. When we started talking, this little glint in his eye, and then he just had this little verbal diarrhea and like story after story. And I got naked here. I got naked here. I did this. And, yeah. yeah, I love it, man. Right, center half. Who's your first center half, then, Scott? It's got to be Rio, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, I, I came to the club, and they they told me about Rio. I mean, I obviously knew about him already. Um, mm. I think if it, I don't think I've ever seen a teenager that was clearly world-class before. Yeah, sure. Um, and I don't think I have since firsthand in training. Mm. And he was just unbelievable. I mean, uh, he, he, he was liable for a wreck at that time. And that was something that he needed to learn. And obviously he yep. did as, 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 as his career went on. We had a thing in training on a Thursday where a defender used to hate it. It was like um, an attacker against a defender one-on-one -on -one, and then a goalkeeper behind the defender. So um, Harry passed the attack of the ball. They'd have 10 yards to pick up speed. We'd have to come from a different angle and somehow try and stop them. So sometimes, if especially the fast player, already picked up speed, just knock the ball past yeah. us and they've just already got the momentum. Nobody could get past Rio. And it was unbelievable. And I remember one time uh, Kitts got past him, then tried to shoot. It was a feeble shot and was easily saved by Shaka. But he's running up and down. Yeah, I got past you. I got past you. 
And it's like, that's how good Rio was. You know, even in training, if you could get past it, then you've done something special. And yeah. obviously on the ball, um, superb. And I think his career speaks for itself, doesn't it? And great to see yeah. him doing so well. And he only lives around the corner for me as well. Um, he moved Brilliant. back down into, a, into this, the same estate I lived in. I've since moved out. But uh, yeah, he's local. Oh, good. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, as you said, he's, yeah, his career speaks for itself, doesn't it? And we've had, as I said, similar, you know, obviously you, we've had, we've had even guys like um, Ian Foyer, Ian Foyer on, you know, the American reserve goalkeeper for us. And and and, and he speaks highly of Rio and he used to, they used to play hip hop around Waltham Abbey together in his big SUVs. I love it. It's amazing stories about Rio and stuff. And there's a good, yeah. he did it. He's just done a good, really good podcast with Eddie Hearn um, on BBC Sounds, talking about the old days and talking about going to faces and things like that. And yeah. how they don't, a bit what we were saying now about the whole TGIs, it's almost exactly the same story, to be honest. But uh, yeah, top boy, Rio. Right. Okay. We'll put Rio in. Who's he going to partner them in that centre back position? Okay. Well, I'm not, look, I've got a few people written down here. Um, you know, Zegel. Igor Stimash, yeah. um, fantastic. The best posture I've ever seen from a man uh, in my life. He just walked around like a peacock and you know, had that presence about him. Um, Thomas, obviously, was 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 good. Ian Pearce, I know you mentioned him, didn't you? Oh, I love um, Lovely guy. I mean, I, I got on really well with him. We, we, were, we were very good mates and um, very underrated. And as you said in your one as well, that, you know, you, you've got a problem, stick him up front. Yeah, and uh, there was a time where he was doing so well. That I, th I think he might even have started a few games up front. I'm not sure, yeah. but um, yeah. but really, again, underrated, strong, quick. Um, you know, knew what he could and couldn't do with the ball. So mm. I kind of wanted to give it to him, but I think I don't know whether I'm, I'm, you know, a bit of starlight here. But Stuart Pierce, I mean, yeah, Stuart Pierce. I mean, he he, he played obviously left side of the three when uh when i was playing this is a guy who i mean you can tell me when did he how old was he when he won hammers player of the year was it 14 I he, something uh, no, i think he was roughly, um, he must yeah he must have been 39 something i mean he was you know we had this sort of as you said you mentioned nige and we had obviously we had um we had pierce in on that left side as well eventually we had someone like we had chrissy power in for a while as well he's obviously chrissy back at back at spurs um yeah. you know rufus you know, so we had class. like yeah, lovely bloke, and um, I think Pierce sort of epitomised, as you said, one hammer of the year. That's that's he was amazing, absolutely amazing player. Very similar to Knight Winterburn, you know, sort of kept himself fit and and just just you know experience. You can't get away with that now. I think in football, you know, we had it with Zabaleta. We had a, a a slightly towards the end of his career fullback, and you know, it, it, you've got the experience, but the pace of the game is such ferocious yeah. now that I just think they get shown up a little bit now. But yeah, I loved it. And obviously Pierce is back in, obviously still at the still at the club, you know, again, doing yes. uh, doing great guns with us. So yeah. And, and and just, you know, again, he had that aura in terms of, you know, this has got to, whatever you do, you've got to do it hundred percent. You've got to do it spot yeah. on. Um, he didn't say too much. But it, again, he talked talk about Thomas with the eyes. Pearcey had the, had the look as well. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I was a senior pro, but he, he's someone who I looked up to coming through the ranks uh, at Charlton. He was the England left back. And obviously, the 90 World Cup and 96 and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, just to say that I played with him was amazing and, uh, and a really nice guy. I had him on uh, when I was working at Sky a year or so ago. He, he came on one of the shows and brilliant. Just loved, loved just working with him just talks so well about the game doesn't he but i just he think there's, there's certain players who still do obviously rio talks very well about the game and uh, and jamo as well you know you know he does a lot of does a lot of the uh sort of the foreign commentary shows and stuff as well he's obviously speaks very well and no yeah i love stuart pierce it was great great and it's great to, i mean I, and you talk about that sort of that team bonds and i can see a lot of you know maybe slightly watered down for in modern to compared to that era but the team now at west ham there is a real bond like obviously i'm i'm still at the game so I, I you know i get to see things that a lot of people don't see and you know an hour and a half before the game the team go for a walk around the pitch in their track suits with their masks on you know just joking jostling each other with davies there pierce's there kevin's there and and i've never seen that before you know it's little things like that and you see there's a real sense of togetherness which where you said the team spirit could give you you know give you five or six points that's even more so now with no fans at yeah. the stadium so um, and I, I definitely think having Piercy in there has 
and obviously Moisey, sort of, you know, and Alan Irvine, you know, quite old school. He's really sort of meant them in a really tight unit, which is great. Right. Okie doke. There we go. Let's go. Let's go midfield. Let's go right wing. I could probably guess the right wing, but we'll say who's yeah. going to be right wing. Go on. Tell me who I've got in right wing. Um, Ilya Dimitrescu. No, no. <laughs> I can think of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Mr. Sinclair. I would. It's got to be, isn't it? I mean, you know, <laughs> legend as a guy as well as a, a player. And I knew Trev um, in the under 21s, actually. Under 21s, yeah. I think yeah, he's so. a little bit younger than me, but, you know, he was he was good enough to, to be involved. Uh, just a couple of occasions. Sorry, I've just got my dogs coming up to me. That's right, absolutely. Um, so when I went to West Ham, it was almost like we'd been teammates before, even though yeah. we, we, we hadn't really, so didn't know each other that well, but we just clicked. And um, as a guy, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. He's just a great energy to be around. He's, he's fantastic. You know, as I know he's already said as well, he could get himself in a bit of trouble. Um, yeah. And we know that can happen. He's a character. But for me, you know, I think he's a, an absolutely fantastic guy. And one, even though we don't speak together a lot, he's one of those where I still consider him a very good friend and not just a former teammate. So, but in terms of his ability, I mean, look, you know, as I already said, he, he used to really annoy me, the fact that he'd get up and down, get up and down, get up and down in that, in that wing-back position. You know, he, could, he was good enough to, skillful enough to, and 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 I think he he underplayed himself when he said that he didn't yeah. have a lot of skill. He did. Yeah. Um, he also had a Kenny Douglas backside that no one could get around. <laughs> and he was one of those as well where you try to kick him. That's the worst thing you can do because you're only going to make him angry, and you don't want to make him angry. You know, he will come at you again and again yeah. and again. So he had the mentality, he had the physicality, even though he's not the tallest player. Um, he had the skill, he had the aerobic ability. And um, without a doubt, and there were some fantastic names. And again, Russ, tell me if I've missed some out here, let me know. But whatever happens, Trev has to be in my team. Yeah, no, he has to be. No, yes, he yeah, he's, I mean, he's in my and, team as well. You know, yeah. And the story of you know how he got sort of to the World Cup, and you know he came back, didn't he? And in sort of pre-training camp, and then he got called late. I think it might be mm. Danny Murphy who dropped out, Something like and that. then he became not just you know coming off the bench he became a regular and actually in that world cup one of our best players so yeah. he's always got that to look back on that he played in the world cup but he was also an integral member of that so absolutely yeah. amazing and also playing in in, a, in an unnatural position as well you know he played on the left and and you know he's always been known as a right sided player mm. and so again you know i nowadays you know obviously we we had an issue with sebastian hallow who was like he didn't fit the system we played but Trev would play anywhere, you know, yeah. and he played right back. He played, I think he started up front for us. You know, he scored two in his debut. Um, and, and so, you know, I love players who can do that. And uh, yeah. And just a love, as you said, a lovely bloke. He's, he's helped us out a few yeah. things on the channel and stuff. And yeah, very, very, um, very, very, um, thankful for the fact that you know we've got to know each other which is lovely you know it's, it's yeah. bizarre as i said the whole this whole thing is just very strange to me um like talking to people like yourselves but anyway we get we get through it we get by it well this is um, where we're all a bit old school still russ you know we, we do actually talk to people whereas exactly um, yeah you know, face to face not or, or well as much exactly. as we can not on as, yeah, not on the old twitter were. i totally agree i totally agree right okay we'll put trevor on the left who's gonna on the right who's gonna go on the left then who's on the other side so he's not left winger, but again, I, he's got. I've got to put him in, and it's Joey Cole. Yeah. Um, so Joey came through the ranks. Obviously, when I first uh, signed for, for for West Ham, you know, he was on the verge of the first team. It's one kid. I can't imagine how much pressure no it would have been on him. You know, because he was this world class player before he became world class, before he even got into yeah. the, the the West Ham yeah. team. But I think he just loved football so much. And one of the biggest compliments I can give him is not necessarily for his talent, because his talent was there for everyone to see. And, and he was just amazing. Um, actually, I can add to it, I suppose. Going forward, absolutely amazing. Technical. I mean, it's 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 a gift. You're, you're born with that. It's obviously, you yeah. try and hone your, your talents. But there were some most people just cannot do however much you practice the type of things that he mm -hmm. could do. But actually, I think he became captain in that final season, the where we yeah. went down, and, and and that was a really good decision. I'm obviously assuming it was from Glenn because he he would track back, he would work hard, he would get his foot in, he loved the tackle, 
and he was 100% for me the almost the ultimate player because yeah. he had everything he'd do going forwards but then most talented players like that I don't want to go back or or they'll do it and they he loved to tackle let me tell you yeah. as much as he loved to go forward so you know absolute for me should be a West Ham legend um to think he was so young a good lad, confident lad. And again, I'm really pleased to see him doing so well in, in the media yeah. as well, because he, he has obviously been out for a few years, but he's come in. I don't think there's anyone better on, on the touchscreen no, at the I moment. Agree. No, I, I, I think there's yeah. anyone else out there. Um, but yeah, going forwards, uh, going back as well. You know, I've got to put Jerry um, in your four-four-two yeah. formation. Yeah, well, it's, it, I mean, we'll make this like a red nap here. We, we'll end up probably going to three <laughs> at the back anyway. This is how it, how it lines up. But yeah, this is how BBC would put it up, and it will completely change. <laughs> right, all right. We'll put we we'll put Jerry on the on the left. I totally agree with everything you said about Jerry. Um, yeah, top top guy. Hasn't got very good internet. That's Has the only not? issue. No. Wow. That's, that's why we have no, that's why right, he hasn't been on the team. I know he's out. He's out. And Sinclair doesn't know how to Trevor doesn't know how to use his phone. He's out as well. So anyway. Um <laughs> well, be no one left by the end. <laughs> right. Midfield, uh, central midfield. Who's who's your first one? So I mean, I, I, we've mentioned Monkey. I'm not gonna put Monkey in, but um let me tell you, it took me three months. I mean, we talked about him off the field and a fantastic character yeah. and a really good guy. I don't know, he's turned it down a lot now. And um you know, become born again Christian, but it took me three months to realize what was his favorite foot. I yeah. mean, he was that good, two yeah. footed, left foot, right foot. And I'm looking at here and I'm thinking, he's pinging the ball out there with his left foot, but he's pinging the ball out there with his right foot. And both of them are going exactly where they need to go. Love to tackle as well, perhaps a bit too much. But again, that was probably why West Ham fans loved him even more, but, yeah, yeah. you know, could get his foot in. So he would be on the bench for me. Um, I think when you listen to the two players, I think you can probably understand why these two are in. I'll start off with uh, Mickey Carrick. Yeah. Um, you know, holding midfielder. He's come through the ranks. And where Joey had all the kind of um, hysteria around, Mickey didn't. And But but knowing Mickey like I do, and even, you know, again, great to see him doing so well. And, you know, yeah. obviously United having some ups and downs over the last few years. But he would have learned a lot. It'd be interesting to see if he ever wants to become a... A manager. Mm. I don't know what he, whether he said he wants to or not, but I mean the the football knowledge of this guy and and better players than me have said they always have Mickey Carrick in their team because you give him the ball. Doesn't matter if he's got one or two people around him. Um, you know he 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 can keep it and he can start attacks. You know because he wasn't this kind of um, you know David Batty or Claude Makélélé getting mm. stuck in or whatever. People don't necessarily think of him as a holding midfielder in, in terms of defensively, but he, he was such a good reader of the game. He could intercept, yeah. you know, he'd, he'd be in the right place or he'd know where the passes are coming. So he didn't need to be on, you know, getting his shorts dirty all the time. But technically, and he improved even more as he went on, first of all, to Spurs and then on to, um, to Man U. Yeah. You know, he was just this 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 kid. And, and he had this kind of... Um, the mentality, the temperament, that it didn't matter, didn't matter what game it was, he was going to do exactly the same. And that's actually a really difficult thing to do, especially as the higher you go, to, mm -hmm. to believe in your technique and to, to have that confidence to play in front of 60, 70,000 Champions League games and semi-finals, finals, etc. Absolutely amazing. So to think that, you know, I, to say that I played with him is absolutely amazing. And yet, if you met him again next week, Scotty, how are you going? Mickey, how are you going? You know, do yeah, you want a beer? You'd yeah. be just absolutely level-headed guy. Incredible. Amazing. And and I think some some about Michael Carrick. I, I call him the final piece of the puzzle in that you don't you know you might have a thousand-piece puzzle. I've just done one for my daughter. It's took me my, it took me ages. And <laughs> and that final piece, if you haven't got it, it, it doesn't complete the picture. And and he every time he's moved from another club, he's taken he's taken that piece with him. And so we never replaced him at West Ham. Spurs never replaced him. Man United didn't replace him, and it's only when he's gone you realise actually he completes the team, and yeah. Um, and yeah, it's great seeing him. And it's I mean you know you, you mentioned obviously people like Joe, people like Pierce, people that you mentioned in here, most of them have gone into have gone into either analysts are still in the game, whether it is you know as you said Mickey Carrot, probably I imagine your other other midfielder was a was a you know we'll, we'll see who, who's your other midfielder for us. Sort of, don't want to just put well, you. Yeah. 
again, I'm, I'm sure you could get this one, but it's Frank. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I um, so I, I, I look at him now and back then, and, you know, I don't think I can say different that people have already said about him. You know, I wanted to try and do a little bit of extra training, fast feet stuff or whatever. He was already yeah. there doing it. In terms of the shooting, he was there with the shooting. And, you know, like they say about Paul Scholes and Frank Lampard, David Beckham, it doesn't just come. You're not born with that kind of striking the ball. That has to come with practice. Yeah. So, you know, he had all that. And I must admit, I didn't get it. I didn't get it uh, that he was getting the stick at the time. I yep. think, you know, you can tell me more, um, but maybe maybe Bish, who, who wasn't there when I joined, but but Monkey as well was a very popular player, popular person. You know, they were on the bench for this this kid was, that was coming through that was, you know, Frank's boy and Harry's nephew. Um, but for me, that was that was that was like, let's embrace it even more. He he is yeah. West Ham yeah, because yeah. of his family. He's in more West Ham and let's give him even more time if things aren't going yeah. right. So um, I think looking back, maybe maybe not maybe some west ham fans will re regret the kind of stick they gave him but you know I, I think he said that it's um it, it's kind of half made him the player he was he already, that's, already that's had that I mean, kind yeah. of steel and mentality mm. um but, but taking it to another level i didn't think i knew he would be a very good premier league footballer i didn't know that he would become a world-class premier yeah. uh, you know world-class player and at that particular time for a good few seasons the best goal scoring central midfielder in world football yeah you know so he, he he yeah. he got everything out of himself and and you know i still feel that he was harshly uh, dealt with uh, at chelsea as a manager yeah you know i think there could certainly be arguments that would he would chelsea be where they are in terms of um champions league maybe even league maybe not but this was the chance for the club to, to really go along with frank and his education and mm -hmm. give him five or six years to to be that 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 longevity of a manager, but it shows that, you know, Roman Abramovich and you can't give him stick for it. He wins trophies in it this one. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. Yeah, so I, true. I think, you know, inter interesting to see where he goes next, but you could see yeah. it even as a, as a, as a youngster, I think he scored a, a 25 yarder in one of the intertoto games. And um, yeah, he just had that confidence. He had that mm. steel. And I think it was the incident. What, what game was it? Was it Bradford where him and Paolo yeah. were fighting over the, I mean that was some yeah. game anyway, wasn't it? But um, yeah. Stevie Bywater looking at the screen as the as they're kicking off and they're trying to <laughs> trying to shoot straight away. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. We've had Stevie on. He's he's a, he's a bag of bag. He's as crazy as a bag of spanners, old Stevie. But yeah, he's a great and you're right. Stevie. That that game that game epitomised. That's why I loved West Ham that era. That game mm. every something something like that would happen every game, but mm. that game was just like this melting pot of everything and you're right about frank he was i think he was hard I, I don't think for me i think he was always viewed by abramovich as a stopgap because they had the transfer embargo they weren't going to buy anyone you're not going to get thomas tuchel you're not going to get uh, allegri here here's chelsea you can't buy anyone oh, well, i'm not joining yet you know it's like i always thought yeah. there was that yeah. was the plan but yeah, yeah. i mean i yeah, I, I agree right. i think i think also you're right i think you know it, the, the stick he got from some fans made him and and you know, there's no de denying the, the the player he became, and as you said, it, it grew. And everyone we've interviewed, like monks, all that lot, you know, Trev yourself, always extra training, always extra training, always extra training, and it paid off, man. It paid yeah. off. You know what I mean? So, right, Frank's in up front. Who are we gonna have up front? So, um, I mean, I mean, if you're just talking about names, so I've written down six people here, and again, I've probably <laughs> forgot a lot of people. Um, you know, you got. <laughs> And these first two, I'm uh, I'm not going to put in for certainly for West Ham, but but big names and been really good players in their time. Davos Suka, yeah, um, you know, Dave, Dave, as, as Monk, Dave, Dave, and I heard the story <laughs> about you know you mentioned to Trev about money loss. Dave, where's my money? Monkey were like, Dave, where's my money? Um, <laughs> but you could see the pre again the presence he had. You know, his, yeah. his legs had gone by then, but just his his touch and his finishing, brilliant. Um, TT was just, you know, he was probably about three stone overweight when he was at West Ham. Yeah. Um, and but 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 again, he could make you sit, look silly in training as well. Um, yeah. you, know, you could see why he was a great player in his time. You had Jermaine Defoe coming through the ranks, um, and you know what a player he's been since he's, he's gone to be as well. Fantastic finisher. You know his hero was Ian Wright. 
So, you know, Wrighty was my, he wasn't my room partner normally, but he was my room partner in my bay when I, when I met his <laughs> missus. So he was great with me and, and uh, sort of like, oh, look, Wrighty, I really like this girl. And could, would you mind just playing tennis with us? And, you know, because she had a friend and um, so he was like, yeah, sure. Uh, so fantastic guy. And obviously fantastic his career man. speaks for itself as well. Yeah. Um, but I think the two I've got to put in, I'll, I'll, I'll start with Freddie. And, um, yeah. you know, Freddie was, again, he was another one, a bit like J-Mo. He was like, I don't know if he's high, it was like six foot two, six foot three, not an ounce of fat on him. Sitting in lunch and, you know, he'd be eating like some cream and everything. And, and, and I'm trying to sort of have a little bit of olive oil. And, and I'm like, Freddie, how do you eat all that rubbish and still look like that? But he was someone who, again, he was a Rolls Royce. Again, there's genetics. Yeah. It's genetics. You know, yeah. you, you, can, you can make this, make the most out of yourself um but if it's not there in the first place and it was for him you know tall good in the air technically excellent um don't try and you know go back to battle with him ragdoll him because he'll ragdoll you you know he'd, he'd absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. put you know put you on the floor um again don't get him angry um he just had absolutely everything you know and i think actually he could have been better um, yeah, no, I but, but I think some sometimes people reach their potential, whatever that potential is. People say, well, mm. he could have done more, what well, he didn't. Um, but I think in terms of the attributes he had, how good he was, and he went on to Spurs and, and probably be even better as well. Um, and in, I think he went to Sevilla, wasn't it, where he was an absolute yeah, legend really, in Spanish football. Really much I mean, a real, real legend. So I think that's where he probably, was probably at his best. But we had him, I don't know how young he was, but he was still a, a young guy was, but yeah. he just had everything you know if you're under pressure you stick the ball up to him and even if it's not the best of balls you know he'd have he'd bring it down he'd have a center half off him and one time Sylvan Distan for Man City and and he was a fantastic central defender mm, and yes you know great um athlete as well he's running ragged and I'm thinking wow you know yeah. I, I'm having to be clever the start of my season sorry the start of my career you know, you're looking at the tunnel alongside and, and the wingers used to be quite sort of small and um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and quick. And then by the end of the career, you know, you, you sort of stand in the tunnel and body language and, you know, try to give you one of those and you'd look across and you'd look up and, right, that's my winger, he's six foot two. But, you know, Freddie, Freddie was, not that he was a winger, but, you know, he, he just had absolutely everything. And he, yeah, he was he um, an epitome of the, the way the football was going in terms of he's still got the football skills but he's also got the, the physicality to go with it as yeah, well. Yeah, the pace. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I always remember because his, his his home debut was that that game, that, that Wimbledon game where Paolo scored that goal, you know, and um, I remember us all, I remember when he first started, I was like, right, this is it. Because obviously Henri was at his pomp then, wasn't he, really? And I was thinking, this is our Henri, because he was like, he, he had everything. And yeah, it was one of those annoying things because, as you said, he, I think they could have been a, 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 a stronger player. And he's, I think... I think Jamo said it. He, he depended what side of the bed he woke up, whether he was yeah. going to be a great, great, yeah. have a great game or not a great game. And he says, unfortunately, there is more and more than players in the game now. And um, yeah, yeah, I like. There are, but I think he, he developed as his career went on. I think it just You're right. the, the penny sank, and um, yes, he need yes. a bit of time to develop, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So, okay, so Canute. So, who's going to be the last player of the of the? I don't know. I can't think of anyone, Russ. I, I can't think of anyone that stands out, to be honest. Uh, Help me out here. We could we could put Dave in. Um, we could put him back in. Uh, <laughs> Florian Radachoy. Um, <laughs> he wasn't there. Marco Bugas. Marco Bugas. They wasn't he there. Wasn't he wasn't there either. No. no. Missed... But look, uh, I mean, man. yeah, Paolo was just unbelievable, yeah. and uh, and he joined round about the same time as that i did as well and i mean where do you go with this because you know i remember when dimitri pyatt had um yeah. that unbelievable season and for that season he probably was as good as as anything that that, that paolo did but when there was comparisons i was like don't compare him to paolo until he's done at least three of those seasons mm -hmm. uh, which he really struggled to do didn't he uh dimmy yeah uh, paolo was just i mean ultra confident um you know he looked a million as well i'm sure he, i've heard him say somewhere where you know he was quite fat as a kid and you know looking at him you're thinking well, he's got nothing on him so he again he, yeah. you know, and looks great really lean six pack um but he wasn't the quickest he wasn't like no. really quick no. 
but he was someone who you knew if he had the ball at his feet, sort of on, on the D, there was a defender yeah. and a goalkeeper to be. Ten seconds later, the defender would be in his ass, the goalkeeper <laughs> would be in his ass, and he'd be rolling the ball in the back of the net because yeah. he just had this ability to shape to shoot or shape to pass and come inside and come the other way. And you just couldn't help but go with it. Um, you know, crazy guy in many ways, but, you know, uh, it, was, it was quite funny when the son came out with that sort of, they found out that he hardly played away um, and just played in the home games. Um, and we didn't realise until the son sort of came out with it. Um, yeah. But, you know, for me, I would protect Paolo to the day I die yeah. because he was a good guy. He was a good guy. Mm. Look, you know, was he, was he, should we say ultra confident? Yes. Um, could people yeah. have called him boarding on arrogance? Yes, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I played with a lot of players who, you know, at Chelsea, mm. who um, were arrogant, but because they knew they were good players, they were good yes. people. Yeah. And just because they Back knew they were good. And Paolo yeah. was that, you know, I put him in the top three of best players I ever played with. Um, yeah. Because as I say, and, and, and I always admired players as well, who weren't, lightning so they didn't rely on something that god gave them mm. um although i'm just talking about god-given talent with jerry it was a god-given talent with with, with paolo as well in terms of the skill that he had he was governor he was the number one you look at all yeah. those players in that team and other players went on to you know be even better than what they were when i played with them but paolo was the governor he was the number one he was our talisman he was the guy that if we were struggling we looked towards and i remember i think uh, I think we played uh, United with three nil down after 20 minutes. I'm thinking uh, Upton Park. I'm thinking, oh my God, the fans are going to bat us here. And yeah. and we we came back really well into the game, but it was led by Paolo. And we yeah. got to three two. And I think I played a ball into him, and for some reason he missed it to make it three three. And in the end, I think we lost I don't know four two or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got we got we got cheered off by the fans mm. because we gave it absolutely everything. But but he was the one who would start the fight back. I think it was another yeah. game against Leeds where I think Lomi and, and Wrighty both got sent off as well. And Wrighty ended up kicking the, the referee's door down. Um, I think we lost 5-1, but it was just one of those where, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about Paola here, but it's more about the fans, where we were 100% giving it our all, the fans could take us losing. Yeah. It was about, yeah. and, and people say to me about the West Ham way, oh, you know, there's no West Ham way. Well, I, for, for, and, you tell me where there isn't the one. I feel there is a West Ham way. I feel the West Ham way is you have talent, you have yeah. hard work, you give it your go, you win 4-3, you lose 3-2, and, and the fans will go home pretty happy. That, for me, is the West Ham yeah. way. And I've not played yeah, at another yeah. club where you can say, that's the Benfica way, that's the Chelsea way, that's the Charlton way, it's the wrong way, whatever. You know, mm. for me, that is the, the West Ham way. But just going back to Paolo, I mean... Just, just incredible. But you know, look, he had an ego. Both Harry and Glenn had to look after that ego. But when mm -hmm. someone's that good, and we didn't really like it at the time, we was like, "Oh, you're treating him different." We can see now that you kind of have to treat geniuses yeah. like him different, and he was a genius, definitely. Yeah, he was. He was an absolute genius. And I, I totally agree what you mean about the West Ham way. You know, I know, I know, Big Sam once mocked it as the West Ham way, but it is. I think it is, and I don't think it's necessarily the skill. I just think for the West Ham way, all, all, all that a West Ham lot ask for is it's quite a basic thing. It's just that have a go. You know what I mean? So like, you know, and, and that's why I think this team at the moment that they're doing, you know, everyone's so behind them. I mean, you know, we lost a new, uh, we forgot, but we lost to Newcastle on Saturday, three, two. Mm. Um, but the way we came back in the second half with 10 men, we lost the game, but still people were like, ah, oh, unlucky, unlucky. Yeah. You know, we had a good goal, a good go. And, you know, and that's what it is. And, and, and again, there's, there's certain periods of the, of West Ham's, West Ham's history where there, where there's, there's been that team, as you said, the era you were in was very much like that, you know, but you had the skill. And that's why I think, you know, when you, when you compare, you can't compare De Canio and Payet, but you know, Payet was probably maybe technically the best player I've ever seen, but De Canio was my favorite player because he yeah. had that arrogance. He had the entertainment value as well, which you went back to sort of that, you know, it, it was just, yeah. He yeah. It played, play. it played to the fans and, and we'd all yeah. know that. And we'd sometimes roll yeah. our eyes and go, Oh, Paolo, but <laughs> He was our best player. And, you know, I, I always had a good relationship with him. I liked him off the pitch as well. Um, yeah, just an, an amazing talent. And, and, you know, there's not many times I'd use the word genius, but he was. He really yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. And that's the team.
Well, we don't have to worry about the big six with that team. We just got that. That would get in the big six, that wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, the greedy six wouldn't even need that. We'll go straight to the Champions League, straight to the Champions League. Lovely stuff, Scott. Man, been absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, man. It's been really fun. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed an hour. I saw a hey, where did you fall? An hour's flown by, so I really appreciate it. Sorry, Russ, been talking too much. Oh, we love it and we love the stories but anyway thank you so much and obviously thank you to everyone for for watching um take care everyone stay safe wash those hands get those jabs you had your first you must have had your first one yeah i've had Scott. the text i had covid back I've in te- uh, january of course you did yeah 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 mild symptoms let me tell you um homeschooling and cooking solo was was worse than covid because the missus was in bed for four days so i had to <laughs> i had to do that myself homeschool honestly i've got so much respect for kids for, for teachers and stuff my, my daughter's eight eight going on 18 and yeah although i do all the cooking anyway so not really, it's mr mother-in-law it's the mother-in-law yeah she moved in you know so anyway, she's, we'll she's, gone, she's gone away now she's gone away yeah. now she doesn't she doesn't need to, she doesn't know how to get on youtube scott you can slag her off anyway. <laughs> but anyway uh take care everyone stay safe wash those hands come on you irons and we'll see you again very very soon take care everyone much love bye-bye Podcast Network.